Technobiotic. Welcome to the Technobiotic Podcast. Episode 0. Join us on our journey to find humanity among technology. With your hosts, Laura Araujo, Matt Drew, and Shane Carlson. Hello, and welcome to the Technobiotic Podcast. My name is Shane Carlson. I will be one of your co-hosts moving forward. I'd like to spend a little bit of time today talking to you about what we hope to do with the Technobiotic Podcast. Uh, The Technobiotic Podcast, one of the things that we are talking about is the rehumanization of technology or finding our humanity as a species through the technology that we use every day. The reason why that's important to me personally is I've spent the last 20 plus years in the technology space trying to help companies and individuals figure out how to make the technology they they have work for the people. And this is not an easy task. Many times technology and enterprise software in particular is very focused on the outcomes that they're driving towards. You know, typically an increase in productivity, other aspects of, of trying to make the life for the corporate entity better, not necessarily the life of the individual users. And I really think we're at a place with technology in general that we can really start to improve the lives of people. And rather than have people change and shape who they are or what they're doing specifically to the technology to utilize that technology. I really think the technology should be an extension or a way to amplify the best parts of human beings. And I think we're, we're finally getting to a place with technology where that is possible. Unfortunately, a lot of the, what technology is being used for today is to manipulate people's behaviors to get them to act in certain ways. Things like dark patterns and programming to maximize profits for corporations or within an application are exploiting a lot of the human capabilities, um, the things that drive human beings, and gaming the system, if you will, to get people to use technology in a way that benefits the owner of that technology or the owner of the businesses that are utilizing that technology. You know, when in fact we really should be getting to a place where we're we're highlighting the very best of human beings as a species, you know, our compassion, our emotional intelligence, things like that that make us better, uh, not only individually, but collectively. So as we delve into topics on the Technobiotic podcast, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is where are we finding where technology is amplifying the best parts of human behavior? Where are we finding that technology has driven a greater result for the good of human nature? Where are we finding that people are being the best that they absolutely can be uh, at the peak of their performance as a human being because of technology or where technology is an enabling factor for that? I'm going to let my co-hosts come along here and introduce themselves, talk a little bit about why they're joining this podcast, what they hope to get out of it, what they hope to talk about every week. Again, you know, myself, Shane Carlson, I've been in technology for a long time, and my passion is leveraging technology to get the very best out of people. Hey, 
everybody. My name is Laura Araujo, and I'm so excited to be one of the co-hosts of the Technobiotic Podcast. What a cool name, right? So we are going to cover so many different topics on this podcast about the intersection of technology and humanity. And as you'll soon discover, my focus will be on the human side of things. So let me tell you just a little bit about myself. I am the founder of the MAPS Institute, which I recently co-founded with my husband, Charlie, because we saw people struggling with the same things that we were. How to not lose our humanness in this tidal wave of technology crashing down around us. I am also a puppy mom to a mini cockapoo who lives on the Upper West Side. My husband and I are honored that he lets us live with him. And if you aren't familiar with the Upper West Side, let's just say that it is the civilized part of the city, but we like to keep a low profile. My work is really all about helping people to re-choreograph their mind and their lives so that they can become the best version of themselves which requires what I call cultivating your practice. I'm a classically trained vocal artist who earned two bachelor's degrees and a master's degree in vocal studies, French literature, and vocal performance. Let's just say that I am a woman who knows a little bit about your voice. (laughs) I am also a 500-hour registered yoga teacher and sound therapist, and I coach people on mindfulness and listening, and I'll get back to the listening part in a second. And because I'm a glutton for punishment, I am actually considering pursuing a PhD in some realm of music and its effect on brain health. I might be a little bit crazy, but what I really am trying to do is bring everything together in a way that helps people to rediscover their humanness, to find a life of meaning and value, something that is seeming to get harder and harder to do in our technology-driven world. In fact, This mission of mine really comes from my own personal experience and frustration and trying to balance out all of my different passions, my desires, my love of new experiences. So after finishing my bachelor's degrees and starting my practice of teaching voice, I was offered a full-time job teaching music and theater, you know, the kind with insurance. (laughs) All of my artist friends know. I contemplated it, but I just, it didn't align with my vision and my passion. And so I said no. And so I chopped off 20 inches of my hair. I hopped on my bicycle with 24 strangers who are now family members. And for 70 days and 4,500 miles, we rode together cross country to raise awareness and money for the Ullman Cancer Fund. After finishing in San Diego, I found myself with a scholarship as well as some weird tan lines and saddle sores. Uh, But the scholarship was the highlight. And so I went to graduate school in Southern California because I figured that I could suffer through a couple years of warm, sunny weather in in Southern California. While I was singing uh, down in Southern California, I also was practicing Ashtanga, classical Indian yoga, for about three hours a day. I was working three jobs. I even opened my own yoga studio, but I just felt conflicted. I was pursuing these seemingly divergent avocations, yet I knew in my heart that they were somehow very much connected. I just wasn't listening enough. I began unpacking the idea of the practice, the marriage of everything that I had been working on, and uncovered something incredibly valuable. Almost instantly, I knew that I needed to share this gem with the world, and that it went way beyond the yoga mat, way beyond the stage. I have always, for instance, incorporated movement and sensitization practices into my vocal work, and I'd introduced vocal teaching elements into my yoga practice. Even more importantly, I found that they were both connected to and integrated with many of the other things that helped me to find balance in my life. My love of cycling and being physically active, my love of cooking and wine, and even my love of baking. 
what I kept coming back to was this idea of the practice. And I realized that while I was doing a lot of things and doing a lot of good, I was actually kind of miserable, though I might not have actually admitted that to anybody. I came to understand that the purpose and the reason was that I was not activating. And I'll come back to that word in a minute too, activating according to my purpose. I was doing things that checked boxes and impressed people in big fluffy chairs, but they weren't serving me, at least not in the way that I really needed them to. I came to understand that this activation was the idea of making mindful choices aligned to my purpose, while recognizing that each action would lead to another activation opportunity. I also quickly realized that I had to surrender all of the rest of the junk that was just slowing me down or distracting me. And that series of realizations, epiphanies really, was in effect my practice and which led to MAPS. In that moment of clarity, I saw that with the turn of the new digital era, we have so quickly abandoned much of what has always defined us as humans, our empathy, our willingness to connect, and our willingness to be vulnerable, our willingness to take our journey pedal by pedal, breath by breath, and not be so wrapped up in the road that we have always taken. Now, to be clear, I think that this new tide of technology is a blessing, but I also think that it is our duty to use it for good for ourselves and good for those around us. If we use it properly, it can give us the time and the space to rediscover our innate human skills, skills like empathy, curiosity, and awareness. It has the potential to free us from the roboticness of modern life or trap us in it. It all depends on how and what you do with it. It's actually amazing to see the transformation. It's powerful that uh, can occur when I work with clients one-on-one in small classes and this just clicks. They realize that they don't need to relegate themselves to this one-dimensional existence. Our world, this world, is upgrading. We no longer need to check our humanness at the door to succeed. The battle between humanness and achievement is over. In fact, the greatest achievement at this point may be surrendering to our humanness and becoming more conscious of our relationships and how our mind engages with ideas, people, and itself. So for me, it all comes down to recognizing and seeking your purpose and charting the maps. Sorry, I had to plug it for your new journey. But fair warning, it may be a bit uncomfortable as you go through this shift, but the change will be worth it. And it all starts with one thing your practice. Thank you very much. My name is Matt Drew and I live in Missoula, Montana with my wife, Teresa, my daughter, Sky, and our dog, Dusty. I'm a native of Washington State, born and raised in Wenatchee, Washington, the Apple capital of the world. Graduated from Washington State University in the late 90s. From there, moved around a lot, switched careers a couple of times, Um, and one of the things that has been really, uh, you know, interesting is is for me in the different uh, areas and professions that I've that I've worked in is seeing the role that technology has played in in everything that we do, and uh, kind of the shape that it's taken in terms of how it impacts us uh, in our everyday lives, both professionally and personally and socially. And, you know, it's interesting when I think back to my college days and, uh, you know, being in 
my teens in the 90s as the internet was just becoming a thing and and we were really starting to get an understanding of and a glimpse at uh, the role that technology could really play in our lives. Uh, it was it was a really exciting time. You know, I remember my first email uh, that I ever got, and I thought, man, how cool is this that I can write this letter to somebody and just click the send button, and they can be reading it in a matter of seconds. And even back then, you know, with the with the dial up. Uh, and the slow connection speeds, uh, you know, we didn't know any better, right? So it was just, it was just the cool technology. Uh, I, I remember the first time I ever uh, opened up an AOL chat box, uh, and this, you know, it's it's interesting. I never really thought about how much of an impact it had on me, but to this day, I still remember the person uh, in that chat room. Uh, Willard 546 was the uh, was the username of the person that I was chatting with and you know just the fact that I remembered that detail of that specific instance in my time with technology I think is is really indicative of of uh, of how much of a role it played how important that was and I mean what a what a cool time to be a part of that in the very beginning uh, you know, since then, I've I've really uh, become more aware of you know there's always there's always two sides to everything, right? There's always the positive and the negative, the the yin and the yang, and you know on the on the positive end, obviously technology uh, first of all helps us do anything that we do. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter uh, what your job title is. In one way, shape, or form technology has drastically changed the way that you do what you do. Uh, and so from that, from that perspective, obviously there's a huge benefit to it, but, but the real, uh, the real concern and something that is, has taken more of a front seat in, in my life personally and socially is just seeing that and, and identifying that technology, while it is incredibly helpful and a very useful tool, um, it also comes with it inherent risk, you know, I mean, uh, the, and that, that's the thing that is really interesting to me as a user uh, of technology um, and and an adopter of technology in as many ways as um, as it makes sense to um, is really finding the balance between those two worlds, you know, and, and uh, using it as a tool, but not as a crutch. And that's something that I think with the advent of social media and um, and the advent of uh, handheld devices and just our connectivity to the world, I think that that's something that we have kind of desensitized ourselves to. And it's something that uh, we have very easily allowed to be used as a crutch. And I think that's something that we really need to take a step back and look at and, and, and really, you know, look, call it out for what it is and do something about it. We need to, uh, you know, almost kind of go back a couple of steps and, and course correct and uh, use it more as a tool and less as a, uh, a primary 
means by which we experience our lives and what by which other people experience us in their lives and kind of bring bring the humanity back into it as opposed to it being more of a replacement strategy hope you enjoyed today's episode. On behalf of my fellow hosts, Laura Araujo, Matt Drew, and myself, Shane Carlson, we'd like to thank you for listening. Be sure and check out our website at www.techno-biotic.com and be sure to follow us on all the usual social media outlets. Until next time. Technobiotic.